you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on Film. I mean, who isn't? But only uh, real fans, true fans, hardcore true fans of this podcast would know two things about the both of us. Two fundamental facts about the celebrated tag team known as Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, a a totally really real and in no way made up on the spot fact about you, Bunny, is that you like to dress up and visit local children's hospitals in your free time, which is very sweet. Uh, And I applaud you for that. But tell me again, Bunny, what is it that you like to dress up as when you go to the children's hospital? I I like to dress up as a uh, famous burlesque dancer Vera Lynn. Um nice. I uh, I I have the shape for it, okay? Yeah. Don't let her hear that. But I have the shape for it. And there's a lot of feathers involved, a lot of sequins. So I'm just all sparkly, you know, and in France, they always loved it when I sparkled, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, nice. Not nice. all of the kids are frightened, so it's a good thing. Some of them are. Some of them I can get through, too. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry for all the ones I leave crying and confused, but I do what I can. Uh yeah, it's it's their parents' fault for not being woke enough. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style, my own unique voice. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short, but it's got pizzazz. It's the Danny DeVito podcast segment. And so this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing a famous pizza chain, their memorable mascot, and the time the mascot held people at gunpoint. Okay. And just just FYI, it's not Little Caesars. This is Detective Lewis with the LAPD. Look, we don't want you to kill any of your hostages, and we are willing to make a deal okay so let's just talk man let's just talk let's just put our guns down and talk all right tell us what are your demands pizza pizza (laughs) that's not a real fun story there is it no it's not not at all today's story is about starts with two brothers in ypsilanti michigan tom and james monahan James is the younger brother. Tom is the older brother. In 1960, the two brothers uh, saw that there was a small-time pizza place in Ypsilanti, Michigan, that was having financial trouble and might have to close down. 
And it was a small pizzeria named Dominic's. The, the guy who owned it, his name was Dominic. And it's like, oh, yes, this is, this is my pizza place. My name is on it. This is my namesake. And I might have to shut down. Business has been bad. And the two brothers looked at this and said, huh, I, uh, hey, Dominic, are you willing to sell your pizza place? And Dominic said, sure, if you think you could, if you two guys could, you know, have a better go of it than I did, then, then sure. So the two brothers uh, took ownership of the small pizzeria Dominic's. The two brothers were like, hey, look at us, Tom and James, owners of our own pizza place. Pretty sweet. And hey, don't worry. I own 50%. You own 50%. We'll split all the work down the middle, okay? What could go wrong? But apparently, James, the younger brother, was also a postman, a mail carrier, and that was a full-time job, and he felt stretched. And he was like, oh, I don't want it. This is hard, running a pizza place and also being a full-time postman. And the postman job meant a lot to him, and he didn't want to quit. So in a classic dope moment, young James sold half of his small pizza shop to his brother for a VW Beetle. And, and James okay. was like, hey, hey, do you want my half of the company? Because like, I'm not going to quit being a postman. How about, you know, do you want the my 50% of the company? And Tom said, sure, how much do you want for it? I can give you this much amount of money or maybe this much amount of money. And James said, you know what I want? I want your VW Beetle. And he's like, but that's what we use to deliver the pizzas. I'll be screwed. And James is like, too bad. I want that VW Beetle. And Tom said, yes. And James went, ha, ha, ha. I sold half of a failing pizza place and got a VW Beetle. This will no doubt be the best deal in the history of business. So now it was just Tom Monahan running Dominic's, and he really worked hard. This was his only job. He wasn't like a postman. And he worked hard on it, and he took it seriously. And business was good. So good, in fact, that Tom wanted to open more location. The problem was the original owner of Dominic's uh, sold the pizza place, but still owned the rights to the name Dominic's because he's like, this is my name. This is my name. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not just going to let you open more places that I don't own with my name. So, no, if you're going to open a, a chain of pizza places, you need another name. And so Tom was like, dang it. We need a we need another name. Maybe a name like <laughs> Dominic's. Maybe a what we need is a slightly similar but still legally different name. So in 1965, Domino's Pizza was born. And Yay! Tom Tom had three original Domino Pizza places in 1965 in and around Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is why to this day, the Domino's logo has three white dots on it to commemorate Tom Monahan's three original Domino's Pizzeria. And I think that that is pretty neat. That is pretty That's cool. Still to this, that was 1965, and now it's in 2020. But still, you get a Domino's pizza, and those three dots represent Tom Monahan's three freaking pizza places 
In the 70s, in the early 70s, the Domino Sugar Company sued Domino's uh, throughout the entire, throughout half of the entire 70s. But that was eventually, the case was eventually settled in the, in favor of the pizza chain. There are 17,000 Domino's pizza locations worldwide, including Mexico, Canada, Italy, Japan, China, Israel, and a shit ton more. In fact, throughout its expansion and success, Tom Monahan still kept ownership and ran the day-to-day operations until he finally sold 93% of the company to a private investment firm in 1998 for $1 billion. Nice. But the fact is, is that from 1965 to 1998, he was running the day-to-day operations of Domino's, and that's really impressive. Like, good for you, but I feel so bad for James. Okay. All he he had fifty percent of Domino's and gave it up for a VW Bug. Like that's cold blooded. <laughs> that's cold. I feel really bad for young James. That's a you got a short end of the stick, and that sucks. But anyway, I would like to tell the story of in two thousand and nine. A survey found that when it came to pizza brands and taste. Domino's was in last place, tied with, of all places, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, Domino's is not particularly good. But that was in 2009. Uh, So Domino's launched a multi-year self-deprecating ad campaign to turn things around. And at one point in time, I believe in Times Square, they had a billboard which posted in real time, what people were saying about Domino's Pizza, whether it was good or bad. Okay. And it's like, you gotta, like, you know, tip your hat out of respect for that, because, like, that's really damn awesome that, like, Domino's Pizza, like, you would you would say, hey, I just got a Domino's Pizza and it tasted horrible and it's cold. Screw you, Domino's Pizza. And Domino's would say, thank you. This is now up on Times Square. You know, like, you gotta, like, hand it to them. Like, that's awesome. Yes, it is. But but that's not what we're talking about. That's a different story. We are headed to the 1980s. Domino's Pizza, still under the leadership of Tom Monaghan, is riding high with its 30 minutes or its free deal. But in the the mid-1980s, the company switched from 30 minutes or it's free to 30 minutes or we'll give you $3 off your entire order. And this made a lot of people angry and a lot of people pissed off. And suddenly a, a lot of people were anti-Domino's. So the public's perception of Domino's was going downhill. So Tom hired an advertising firm called Group 243 to create a fun, lovable mascot to be the face of Domino's and to turn the perception of the pizza chain around. So Group 243 hired a company, Will Vinton Studios. But let's stop for a second and say that for the 30 minutes or it's free, a lot of drivers were dying. Yeah. They were getting into car accidents. Because, please, Domino's doesn't take that hit. They're pulling it out yeah. of the driver. Yeah. 
So, so, so people were uh, really pissed off with Domino's. So, so Domino's hired Group 243. Group 243 hired Will Vinton Studios. That's a big name in animation. It is known for creating and animating the California Raisins. And also, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Will Vinton Studios also created the animated special effects for the Disney ride Captain EO, which was so stupid, it was awesome. <laughs> so Group 243 and Will Vinton Studios together created The Noid, a masked character with bunny ears for some reason, whose main goal in life was to stop your pizza from arriving fresh and tasty and in under 30 minutes. Hence the tagline, avoid the noid. Essentially, he was a gremlin with yes. human features who was specifically centered on screwing with pizza delivery. The noid was a huge hit in the 80s and 90s. Avoid the noid was everywhere. He had merchandise. He had toys. He had an NES game. He had a different game for computer systems. He had he was on shirts and bumper stickers and cups, and they were even working on a CBS Saturday morning cartoon show, but they never made it, but it never made it to air. So the Noid was legitimately everywhere. Avoid the Noid. Everyone knew to avoid the Noid. This brings us to January 30th, 1989, the day the Noid went psycho. <laughs> Chambly, Georgia. Chambly. C-H-A-M-B-L-E-E -E, in Georgia. It's a small town in northern Georgia. Population roughly a little under 10,000. So it's even smaller than my town, and my town is small as shit. Chambly, Georgia had a Domino's pizza. And on January 30th, 1989, a crazed 22-year-old individual with a 357 Magnum demanded that the two employees called Domino's corporate headquarters because, according to the gunman, Domino's founder Tom Monahan stole his name and the Noid commercials were all about him. This gunman's name was Kenneth Lamar Noid. Okay. The Noid. The Noid held a Domino's at gunpoint at the end of the 80s. What an 80s way to end a decade. Yes. Kenneth Lamar Noid's argument was that the character was based on him and all of the commercials were a personal attack on him and that to make the commercials Tom Moynihan himself would regularly break into Kenneth's apartment and, quote, look around for materials for his commercial. Huh. So it's obvious that Kenny L. Noid was a crazy-ass nutso. Unless there's a secret underground world that we don't know about where, like, somewhere there's, like, a guy in an insane asylum named Ronald McDonald and he's smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day going, you have no idea what fucking Ronald Mc what McDonald's did to me. <laughs> and like, it's a guy with red hair and they're like, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. 
yeah, their mascot totally, totally ripped off me. And and there's like a hidden world of 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 real people, and that every mascot in America is just a ripoff of a real person somewhere. <laughs> and that somewhere in Ireland, there's a drunk guy, and he's like, uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, these kids in the neighborhood they keep stealing my Lucky Charms, and it's really messed up. <laughs> A company, company totally. That that like, oh yeah, gritty. Yeah. yeah, gritty is definitely based on someone. Yeah, there's a real gritty out there. We need to find him and isolate him. Yes. So, Kenny Elnoid was a crazy nut. So the standoff lasted for over five hours. Kenneth demanded. And the police are like, okay, Kenneth, what are your demands? He demanded that police bring him a copy of the book, The Widow's Son, by noted mystical Illuminati crazy person, Robert Anton Wilson. He also demanded $10,000 cash and a white limo. And he said that the ten the white limo would be to escape the pizza place, and the ten thousand dollars was reparations for Domino stealing his name. Eventually, here's here's what did Kenny Noid in. Uh, he was there for five hours, and five hours is a long time. And eventually, he got really hungry, so he demanded that the two employees make him a pizza because he was hungry, and he specifically asked for two large pizzas with everything on them. So they made him pizza and just covered it with toppings, just so much toppings all over it. And so it, when Kenny Noid ate the pizza, the toppings were spilling all over the place, so he bent down to pick them up, and the employees took the fuck off. Okay. And police moved in and i really appreciated that because i was robbed at gunpoint at the bookstore the uh blarns and flobles and the guy wanted the guy who robbed us wanted all the money in the safe it was during closing and so he we led him into the cash office and we opened up the safe and he asked me to get a bag and i was like let me go get you a bag and I I went to grab a regular sized bag, but I'm like, wait a second. Our handle bags are shit. I'm going to get him a handle bag. And so I grabbed a handle bag and for about 10 seconds before he noticed me, I stretched the handles on that handle bag like a motherfucker. Okay. Knowing that the handles are shit when it comes to heavy things. So he tried to put like $10,000, $15,000 in a shitty ass bookstore bag. And as it turns out, we got a, we got about half of that money back because of course the bag broke in the parking lot. Yeah. Because the bags were shit. And so the police said that like, Oh yeah, no, there, there was just money all over the parking lot. The bag broke on him and it looks like he grabbed what he could and took off. And I was like, yeah, that was me. That was me. That was all me. I thought of that. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. they covered the pizza in toppings and the pizza spilled and the employees took off and the police moved in and the Noid was arrested. He was charged with a bunch of stuff, but he was found not guilty by reasons of he was a fucking nutcase. He was put in a mental institution where a few months later, the Noid killed himself. Oh. Uh, without a doubt, the second saddest case of mascot death right behind the well-publicized story of when Ronald McDonald's purple friend Grimace died by an autoerotic asphyxiation. Yes. And to this day, Domino's Pizza Chain denies allegations that they stopped using the Noid mascot because of the press that Kenneth Lamar Noid created, but it's obvious that Kenny L. Noid ended the career of the Noid. I would say so. Yeah, it's obvious. The Noid just disappeared. Yeah, and the Noid disappeared right around the time that Kenny L. Noid almost fucking shot up a Domino's pizza. So, yeah, to this day, Tom Monahan, who's still alive, says, "Oh, it was it was just time to retire the Noid." Yeah, no, that's all bullshit. No, they totally (laughs) did it because a crazy guy held up a Domino's. So that's fucking hilarious. So that's Shap this week. Next week, we will be telling the story of a popular YouTuber who faked his girlfriend's death for subscribers. Oh, good Lord. And it's like, oh, my girlfriend died. One of, his, one of her last words were for people to subscribe to this channel and also leave a comment and also check out our merch store. It was kind of a long death. Yeah. I'm not saying, honey, that we need to do that. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Sure. Sure, that too. Or fake. What's what's that, Bella? You have Ebola of the cancer of the death? Oh, man. Oh, the only thing that will make her better is for people to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yes. That's basically what a successful YouTuber did. That's what we're going to be talking about next week. So join us next week for more Steve's Historic Approximation. And cut on that.